Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I am your host, Ryan Gerard, and I am here with my co-host, Rick Greenwald. So uh, this week, we thought it would be a fun idea over something that happened this week that made us start thinking, why are cyclists just kind of ridiculous? Sometimes just... Like just the worst types of people. They're just the worst types of people. They so, can't. They can be. I mean, so you know, why not dedicate an entire episode to making fun of our colleagues? Let's our say. colleagues, sure. And sometimes we do a little grind my gears segment at the end of our shows, but we're just going to expand that into an entire episode today. So and today. We're making fun of cyclists. We're making fun of cyclists. The worst kinds. The worst well. kinds. The worst kinds. But to start off with, uh, beer of the week, we have the Capital Brewery Winter Skull. Winter Skull. Which, which is, is appropriate because they have a very popular group ride in Madison. Oh, they do? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yep. Very popular. It's a good yeah. group ride, too. I've been on it a couple times. Big fan. Big a few fan. ridiculous things happen on that group ride that I'm going to bring up later. Yeah, that's true. We'll I think talk we've about talked about that. it before. We'll but. talk. Wait. Cheers. Oh, cheers. All right, Ryan. What's new in your life? Well, before we start... Oh, okay. Um, I was about to say I don't know what a winter skull is. But then I, I see in smaller letter- letters, it says Vienna-style lager. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Is that what a skull is? Oh, it says warm amber hue, subtle hop aroma, and rich and malty finish. Mm, I'd agree with all of that. I would agree with that. Yeah, it's, it's very warm. It's very. Um, it's not it's super like heavy. It, uh, it's thick, but it's not it's too like heavy. It's like a syrup almost. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know if it's quite that thick, but I, I get your train of thought. It's definitely thicker than your average beer. It reminds me of syrup, hmm. which isn't like a bad thing. Like I kind of like that. It has like the same uh, viscosity and color as like maple syrup. Yeah. So. I get that, yeah, as like fresh maple syrup, not the stuff you get out of the, the you know, squeezy bottle. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan, what's what's new with you? What's going on? Uh, so my last week of this training block, and then mm-hmm. I'm taking a rest week next week, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, much needed. Yeah, um, and it's actually been going much better than I thought. Yep. So uh, there's, I'm on a different training plan now. It's a mid volume training mid-volume, plan. Yeah. Uh, the difference between that is that it throws like uh, really one two-hour sweet spot ride in, a and then it's like three like really hard rides that are like threshold rides. Well, it's it's one VO two and two threshold. So yesterday I did an hour and a half of three two by tens of like over under. Hmm. So you you do um, eight minutes. At threshold and then there's four 30 second spikes that go like 20 to 30 watts above your threshold I thought it was going to destroy me sounds pretty tough and surprisingly I got through it pretty well it's good um, I did have to stop a few times but um, those workouts are meant to like push you to to your limits uh, trainer road actually talked about it like in the last like two weeks uh, those those are meant to push you to your limits and it's almost expected that you don't really complete it fully mm, yeah. so the fact that I felt like I got like I did like 95 percent I would say 95 is pretty good it's so pretty good for a hard workout yeah. so I feel pretty, pretty accomplished with it nice so That's good job man yeah so I got one more really hard work uh, well no I got two more really hard workouts usually the vo2 workout is actually pretty easy for a vo2 it's like 
uh, short VO2 reps and then a lot of recovery. Yeah. Oh, we have kittens still. Yeah. This is Leo. Uh, for the listeners, there's a cat that just jumped up on the table. And for the viewers, this is Leo. He's Ryan's cat. One of two cats. So yeah, I got two more tough workouts. They're only an hour long, so shouldn't be too bad. Nice. And then on to the rest week. On to the rest week. Chilling I'll probably out. only bike three or four of the days next week, and okay. I'll keep them to one hour one hour easy rides. Yeah, nice. All right, nice. what about you? Yeah, just been... Uh, you know, mixing it up. I uh, was just on the bike this morning. Uh, did a little bit of running. Yesterday, had a... Wait, what was yesterday? Wednesday? Wednesday. Lifted some weights, and then the day before that, I had a basketball game. Uh, my intramural basketball team has gotten their first win of the season, so we were pretty psyched about that. You know, it's big, big for us. And then uh, I've also been doing a little rock climbing lately, too. Oh, really? You went uh, rock climbing again? Went, yeah, with uh, podcast guest Pete. Oh, how was it? It was fun. It was pretty good. Rock keep climbing... Up with them? No, he's way better than I am. Um, and he's just like, yeah, he's just like, he doesn't go super often currently, but like, he's got that like, that like, been doing it for a long time strength. Um, yeah. You know, like when you know those guys that have just been like super fast and they stop riding for like a couple of years and they get on the bike and they like can still kill you. He's got like that kind of strength. But uh, rock climbing is definitely one of those things where you do it a lot and you start to to like you know take a break and you just lose everything you had i was actually gonna say the exact opposite i went with casey like a month or so ago and it was like the exact i I thought i was gonna like not be able to do anything i I thought i thought i was gonna be just destroyed yeah i kept up so like i I was doing a a lot of the ones that we were able to do before oh really i would say I, i was a step down yeah okay I I could do a lot of the like V two V three still. Yeah, that's kind of what I was doing. But so I could like do those fine, which was something that like when I first started I couldn't do. But what I really lost, and I guess we went to the the West Side Gym, and what they seem to have a lot more of is stuff called like crimpy yeah, holds where yeah, you're crimps. using. And my upper body strength was okay. My grip was okay. But like that crimp strength that goes fast, mm-hmm. which is like yeah, it's the the your finger strength essentially. So like that's really where I felt it, which made me feel like oh yeah, I'm kind of garbage after not doing this for sure, a little bit. But sure. it was super fun. So again, I'm uh, mixing some training in with a lot of general fun fitness things, and then next week I'm going skiing. So I'm all over the place, dude. Oh, that's right. You're going to Colorado, doing some more skiing in Colorado. Oh, yeah. Which in and of itself is great training because I go with podcast listeners, uh, Tommy and Jordan, our mm-hmm. good friends, and uh, we just ski moguls the whole time. And that's like a, it's like a VO2 workout, you know? You're just like boom, 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 you know, like full gas through the mogul field, take like a quick break, back at it. So it's training camp. Yeah, it's really what it is. Cool. Yeah. Cool. What what kind of workouts are you doing on the bike? Uh, a lot of sweet spot mostly. So a lot of sweet spot. I'm, I'm still just working in like base, so I'll do... I'll do like, you know, the classic two by 20, um, sweet spot work. And then I'll also do like some tempo workouts as well. And I like to try to get a little bit of endurance mixed in where I'll do like, say like an hour workout on the bike and then I'll go. That was, uh, that was Leo. That was the cats knocking stuff over. Yeah. Uh, anyways. Yeah. So I'll do like 30 minutes or no, sorry, not 30 minutes. I'm just going to go fix that quick. I'll do an hour on the bike, do that workout. And then I'll also back that up with like a run. So I'll just like get right off the bike, hop on the treadmill, 
and just get like a, I don't know, like a 30 to 40 minute run in. And just the whole reason to do that is just like mix it up because, you know, like it's pretty much base training right now still for me. So like, I don't need to be, I'm not really training for anything that involves running. It's just like, I'm just going to run for 30 minutes to like build that time out. You're not doing any triathlons this year? No, probably not this year. I no. might try a couple in the future, but this year is just Will you like, start doing triathlons when I start doing triathlons? I'll do I'll do a triathlon with you. A you triathlon know? with me? Well, it depends which one you want to do. There's tons. There are a lot. Yeah. I do work in, I work in like running and swimming just as like general fitnessing things. So like I haven't been swimming actually. Like, so I have not been doing that, but I still do like two runs a week just to like, you know, keep on it. I feel like being able to run is still like a like important skill to have. I think it, uh, I have no science to back this up, but I feel like it helps with bone density, especially when we do a sport where... Um, a lot of people have low bone density. That's actually, no, it is confirmed. Oh, it is. Running does help with bone density. Same with weightlifting, but Mm -hmm. running, you know, like that all goes back to Wolf's law, which is if a bone is not put under some kind of stress, it gets weaker. And when you're a cyclist and somebody that works in an office setting and you're hardly even walking around, your bones start to atrophy essentially, you know, like you need you need physical force and with running you're just pounding all the time and it's a full body sport like you might think just your feet are getting pounded but your whole body is really just like taking a bit of a pounding which yeah. is also also kind of why it's maybe not the best thing for you like just if that's your flat out only hobby is running but yeah i like to mix it in i'm not going crazy with it i do like two a week one i try to do like a three mile run and then the other is like a, a five mile run okay yeah sure just sure. gotta keep those skills man gotta keep those skills but yeah so it's kind of what we're up to lately um all right should we roll into our first topic of the day we are at which is so it's perfect timing perfect timing we're gonna talk about um some of the the people that are like the most annoying people in the cycling community really why don't we start off with where this kind of came from yeah so this give us some context so this week it was announced that the uci so i'm just reading off this cycling Mm -hmm. weekly article uh, the UCI will host a round of e-mountain bike racing yeah. in North America. Uh, it is called the e-mountain bike World Cup XC. Cool. Interesting. Which sparked a very hot debate. Yeah. Should e-bikes be allowed? So first off, there's kind of two parts. Should e-bikes really be in, should, be, should they be a thing? Mm-hmm. And then should they be a should they be competitive? First of all, let me just insert this. I don't even think there's a way to have a debate about this. Not a way to have a debate, but like it's completely irrelevant. It's it's not like they're forcing mountain bikers to also ride the e-bikes. It's just a completely separate thing. Yeah, you know, to like, me, it's completely different. It's there's e-bikers. To me, that's they're, like they're a thing. They're people. Yeah, it's it's kind of, to me it's kind of like saying like a mountain biker going Trail running shouldn't be a sport. It's not on a bike. Exactly. It's like, it, well, no, it's not up to you. Right. It's it's like people who want a trail run yeah. will also want to be competitive. It's people who ride e-bikes also want to be competitive. Because guess what? People, surprisingly, you know, people don't necessarily want to do the hard part of biking. Right. Uh, like my younger brother loves mountain biking hates the biking part a lot of people love the downhills a lot of people love the downhills i if i was you know slinging cash and filthy rich i would buy myself a nice full suspension e-bike 
because it's what that's sweet. You can essentially just like practice your bike skills all day without getting super tired. And like, I'd still ride my normal mountain bike too. But like sometimes, you know, like, especially like, let's say you're like training a lot and you want to like take a recovery day and work on your bike skills. Well, you can do that, but it's not going to really be a recovery day if you're trying to like haul it up a hill every time. So like, think about that. You take out your e-mountain bike one day, you're just like, you know, shredding the downhills and working on skills and yeah, you know, like, like, you know, no, hate. it's just, just a thing. Right. But I think. And mo- I think most of our listeners are probably like, yeah, whatever. It's like e-bikes. But you would be most like, sane people most are sane like, people, who cares? Who cares? It does Which not affect me. Our general stance is who cares. Yeah. But we have a there. If you look at any like cycling news article, there's always a slew of comments at the bottom. Of I have some up. All the articles. And Ryan, let's let's just share. So my favorite one, and this bring is brought up in every single like article that. You know, they talked about e-bikes. Yeah. And it's Strava. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. What's going to happen to my Strava? First so of all. So all those, like, 45, 50-year-old dudes. Okay, I shouldn't say it's those. It's a yeah, lot of people. Yeah, they're the 30-year-olds, too. <laughs> it's the 30-year-olds, too, are saying, well, what if they take my Strava segments, you know? Well, first of so all. So a guy used an example here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the top two are 34 seconds, 35 seconds. Third place is three minutes. And the guy comments, and that, that was a picture, and the guy comments, until e-bikers stop downloading their rides onto Strava and ruining re- leaderboards, a big fat no. It's like, for, to an no e-bike what. can't go that fast that it's taking two and a half minutes off of you. For sure, those guys were on motorcycles and just keeping track of like how much they ride on their motorcycles on Strava. Because you know what? Possibly. That's actually a really good idea because motorcycles probably don't have anything else. There's also like an e-bike function or feature of Strava where you can just check that it's an e-bike. Mm-hmm. But if you're so concerned about somebody taking your segment and it's obvious like they're they're like two minutes faster than you and you think you're really fast, maybe you just flag it and say like, hey, this is an e-bike and Strava will take it down and they'll give it back to you. Like if you're really going to be that hurt about it. It's, um, unless these guys are like trolling, you know, Strava. I can't I'm guessing it. they just, I think if they they are, just put funny. it up there and then like they, they don't ever think about it again. Yeah. And then they go on there to like show people like, look where I rode. Right. They, right. Don't, they don't look at the KOMs and go, oh, I accidentally took five KOMs on this motorcycle ride. So I actually, I don't really... Like, no hate on Strava. I just don't go on it that often. I don't. I go I, on it just because of, like, another social media platform. I sure, kind of like yeah. seeing what everyone's doing. Yeah, it, but I don't, like, care that much. But Zero I, care about KOMs. I remember, I don't know why I was looking at this, but it was, like, a KOM near where I used to live. And somebody, like, you had the KOM. Yeah, I think so. And somebody, uh, t- it was, like, a three-minute segment, and they did it in, like, a minute and a half. And this was when everybody was just like lights out, like hauling mm-hmm. up it. And I remember I told you about, and it was like, I actually knew the guy that, that took the segment and there is 100% no way that he was actually taking that segment. And I told you about it and you did this crazy thing of like, just not caring. Not caring. <laughs> like, I was Hold like, on. don't you, I was like, oh, don't you want to flag the segment, Ryan? And you're like, why would I do that? Yeah. It's, it's just, you know, like some people get really into it and I totally get that. But, I mean, if you're into Strava, you really should just be into it to track your own stats and, like, see if you're improving over yourself. That's my general, like, read on things when it comes to e-biking. 
Ryan's just on the audio right now, fix or video right now, fixing something up. We're good. All right, we're good. Um, so yeah, like e-bikes, I think they're sweet, and I think they're, they're great. Gonna, if they're gonna ruin your Strava, well, maybe you just shouldn't ride bikes. And I think the e uh, the the racing aspect of it. So first off, like um, Julian Absalon is actually races the e mountain bike events. Yeah. So I think it's awesome actually for ex pros who are kind of past their prime yeah. to kind of then be able to move on to like that old guy racing. It's super interesting too because so e-bikes are are they're not super light like they're they're heavier. They're like 50 pounds. They're they're heavy. And if you're on like a full suspension mountain bike e-bike, it's pretty heavy. So they re- they have a relative speed limit, right? You can kind of only go so fast on an e-bike as fast as it'll take you. If you want to go faster than that you're really gonna have to like expend a ton of energy but i actually love the idea because it's like having a mountain bike race that is all focused on the technical aspects of the sport yeah you could say that's what downhill mountain biking is and you're that's totally correct that's what downhill racing is but like a couple things there it's a completely different dynamic when you're essentially just racing through the woods on the flat ground right so not only is it more accessible to more people because very few people live in an area where downhill mountain biking is even a possibility like us yeah so that's out of the question right downhill bikes are really really expensive and probably actually the same amount as e-bikes um and it gives like it's just like it's a cool like new way to like try bikes essentially because it's uh, i would assume it's almost 100 percent just skills Mm -hmm. especially like if and if you're talking more on the casual side if you're really into biking and like you have a spouse or girlfriend or something mm-hmm. that just is not right and you want to get them into it an e-bike is awesome because they can go your pace and just enjoy it right and really not have to put in a ton of energy oh 100 because like if uh the, the one thing i've noticed and honestly i i've done this before too is that you know when when you bring someone else who's brand new especially like a spouse or girlfriend your expectations are so high because it's your norm right but their expectations is of a complete beginner Mm -hmm. so there's always that really big disconnect when you try to bring someone in into it especially like a spouse or girlfriend right and i think e-bikes close that gap oh yeah 100 percent i i could not ride with my wife and both of us have like a similar experience unless she was on an e-bike yeah so that's kind of cool but i mean back and back to like e-mountain bike racing so in some regards i i'm a little cynical on it because the bike industry has been relatively stale over the last couple of years the the um en- entry of gravel has been a good thing for the bike industry and e-bikes have been a good thing for the bike industry in terms of actually growing the market Mm -hmm. so i'm sure that like it's not like there's a huge clamoring of popular support to get e-bike racing to be a thing i think part of it was coming from the manufacturers because they want to sell more bikes and a great way to sell more bikes is to put them on you know the race spectacle essentially yeah so i i kind of get that like that's probably Mm -hmm. where e-bike racing comes from but Again, it just it's something that's completely different from, you know, like normal cross country mountain bike racing. Yeah, you know, and I'm and it's the same thing with like when disc brakes, the whole debate that's with disc brakes. That's another one, disc yeah. brakes. Um when that came out, you know, you should always be on the side of what pushes the manufacturers to sell more bikes because that's what is going to push the industry and sure. push the uh 
the hobby. Right. You know, you bring more people into the, you know, the world of cycling because of new technology, you know, the bigger, the bigger that the entire, you know, industry and environment, the sport, it all gets bigger. So you should always be on the side of, you know, bringing new people in, new technology. Sure. And like supporting it, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with uh, like uh, the, the video game that we both play, Rainbow Six. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been out for a long time and people always complain about every single year buying the year pass and stuff. And it's like, well, don't you want more people to play this game? And don't you want the like eSport to grow? Right. The only way to do that is to support the company that makes the game. Yeah. Now to play devil's advocate a little bit with the disc brakes issue, I do agree. Like, you know, if that's kind of where technology is heading and every year the bike manufacturers, they, they feel the need to add something new, especially to road bikes. I mean, that's kind of what we're talking to in regards to disc brakes. You know, I, I think like for me personally, I'm never going to be a disc brake person. And that's only because I hate working on my bike and a disc brake has more issues. In oh terms no, of, disc brakes are way easier. I that's mixed. That's definitely subjective. I've de- I've worked on um, rim brakes and I've worked on disc brakes. I'll work on disc brakes any day. I've had discs that have had such bad rub and it's like a, such a pain to get rid of it. Granted, I'll give it to you. Once you fix the disc rub, it's generally fine. And through axles have improved the, I will a- say. the discs as well. But for me personally, I'm always sure. going to buy a rim brake. But I don't care that disc brakes exist. That's what it like really gets me sure. about like all these like stupid comments. It's like, oh, disc brakes are dumb. It's like you can still buy rim brake bikes. Like at least for now, I don't think many manufacturers are like 100% disc. But it's like just don't buy them. Like yeah. you know, it's that's like the if you want to make a statement, you can just vote with your dollars and just like mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't want disc brakes. And if people don't want to buy disc brakes, they won't buy disc brakes, and disc brakes will go away. But people obviously like disc brakes. They keep buying disc yeah. brakes. I will yeah. say disc brakes are look um, intimidating, but if you know how to work on them, they are way easier. They also look fast. They also look fast. But yeah, if you know how to work on disc brakes, like if you right. do have disc rub, um, you know it's one of two things: your your disc is bent somewhere, or the the calipers are not aligned right. Both those things are very easy to. To fix if it's a bent a little bit they literally make a bending tool mm-hmm. or you can just take needle nose pliers and bend it yeah. all you gotta do is spin it and look through the the disc thing and you can see where it's bent you can also see if the disc is you know leaning to one side or the other yeah it's very easy to adjust that that's that's why i like disc brakes is because if you know what you're doing it is a so much easier so much easier. That's fair. That's fair. And when people also just learn on disc brakes, I'm sure it's kind of like when you learn on a caliper brake, all of a sudden somebody gives you disc, you don't know what to do. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the same situation, right? If some, if you if all you know is disc brakes and that's all you know how to work on, and all of a sudden you get a caliper brake bike, you're it doesn't matter how like simple the technology is, you're you're also not going to know yeah, how to work on it. And like if you ever worked on like rim brakes before, the thing is is you have two different you know rim brakes that you have to adjust and set and also yeah. you have to get the the distance right and so and then so when you like tighten everything down like after you tighten it down then the 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 cable kind of changes mm-hmm. so it's it's never like right where you want it and that's why it's so much harder is because it's you're you're working with something that changes as you try to adjust it that's true so that's it's true. it's really hard to set it perfect yeah and I'll disc brakes disc fair. brakes just seem to be much easier to set perfect that's that's Fair. my argument. Fair. 
right. All right, moving on. Is there anything moving that on. you find like just totally ridiculous? I mean, like generally, we got disc brakes and e-bikes, which seems to be like I, the most the hot topic. I don't know, you know, I don't know what it is about the cycling community. Like, I just think that it's for some reason, and maybe this is like every like community. You have this like core group of individuals that's just really invested in the sport, and that's like their hobby, and they comment on every you know cycling tips article, and that's just kind of like what they do. But I just, I don't understand how people can just be like such like avid keyboard warriors, but it's not even keyboard warriors. I think for the cycling community, people like, you know, get into these arguments like in person too. Like I just, I I mean, we used to work at bike shops before and I can't even tell you how many people would just like trash e-bikes like that were avid cyclists. They would just see them in the bike shop and just like rip on them. It's like, man, who cares? Like, (laughs) I don't really get it. Um, I think something else that bothers me a lot is... Uh, people that like rip on indoor cycling. Like, oh yeah. yeah. So we it was that's actually, all I do. Yeah. So it's actually really funny. I used to like I used to run um, a while ago like a, a little like group. It was just like um, at a shop that we worked at, and it was a it was a little group for like people that um, rode a lot. It was like who of everybody that liked the page and and joined our Strava club who rode the most miles for the week and who oh went, i remember yeah, this and yeah. who had like the most um who had like the longest ride of the week so like when it's when it's the middle of january in wisconsin and most of our clientele was from wisconsin um you know like you'd get people that would zwift and like kudos to them they would do like 400 miles a week on zwift which is like that's insane. Insane. And I just remember there was one guy that like I remember over this guy. and over and over again. He's like, we need to like we need to like split up these groups into like indoor and outdoor riding. They're not the same thing. Um, and it's like, dude, like first of all, there's nobody riding outside unless they're on a fat bike in Wisconsin. And then those people aren't even gonna they're gonna be a yeah. Like I get the idea, but if you're you're riding inside, you're still turning the pedals over. Like it's the same thing you know like we live in wisconsin like who cares it's just it's just the same thing it's like you're not going to be on the top of the leaderboard regardless like everybody wants their own category that's okay that is another thing that i don't like too i was just about to bring this up yeah yeah yeah. go ahead go ahead Uh, so the thing that always bothers me about that is like when they're like you got to create two different Strava clubs for indoor and outdoor riding so that they're not right. mixing. And, and, it's just like, and then there's the we master. We got 10 people in this group. And then there's the masters outdoor riders. Yeah. And then there's the junior outdoor riders. And you got to have the elites then too. And it's like. This guy's on a professional racing team. Yeah. He can't be included in this. I just think it's so funny because like when I was growing up, what got ripped on so much was participation trophies and like rightly so like you know there's you shouldn't get a trophy for just like showing up but like the same people that rip on like the little kids participation trophies will will host a race and want there to be like 26 different racing categories and do a podium for everyone it's like who cares? Like, like I remember. I think that's kind of how wars is a lot, right? Like, there's yeah. like a podium for every age group. Every age group, and it's like, it's congrats. Like there's, there's not that many people <laughs> you, here. You <laughs> won your age group, but took like last place. Yeah, it's like because there's no one in your age group. Yeah, I actually won my age group once, and I was yeah, like, I remember that. what? <laughs> actually, you know what? No, that day. First off, it was coming off of like a huge peak of after Toad. Oh yeah. And then I took second overall because I was in like Cat Two at the time. Mm-hmm. And then I—that's how I won my age group was because I was—I I took second overall. Yeah. 
but like you don't care about that. It's like you just want to know how you did relative. Right? Yeah, like to be honest, like I couldn't care less. I was the only yeah. one who like showed up for the awards. Yeah, it's like it's cat too, like if, mountain biking. It, like it, who cares if, if you took first place in your age group? Yeah, right. If I was hosting a race, any race, any kind of race, all it would be is A, B, C, D. It's like, oh, you're kind of older, you know, like, you don't train that much. Like, okay, you're just going to go in, like, the, the C group or the D group. Mm-hmm. You don't get, like, your own category. Where so. if you win that, that is cool. That is cool, yeah. Like, you can be competitive, like, but I just don't believe in, like... When you took 15th place in the race, but you won your category? Well, like, an age two seems so irrelevant for cycling. Yeah. There's people that are, you know, like, like 30 years old that have been doing it for, like, you know, let's just say 35, because that's, like, when Masters racing starts. There's people that are 35 that have been riding for 20 years, and they're, like, the strongest they've ever been. And then there's people that are 15, or, like, let's just say, like, 18, and, like, just started riding. And the fact that, like, yeah, there's a old, there's a age category for like the older guys but then you've got that one or two or five guys in there that just crush everybody they race honestly i think a lot of masters race masters because they think it's easier well i I think that's probably there's something true to that too well and it's just different too i mean you probably have a lot of masters racers that are like uh i don't like racing with the younger kids they're pretty sketchy but i don't know man i've seen like some pretty sketchy. it's always you know what it's <laughs> I've always seen some the older sketchy guys. things in uh, in masters races the thing about the older guys is that um at a certain point uh you lose your reflexes and your ability to process situations yeah you're basically dying you know like you're, you're basically after, dying after 30 you're, you're not dying you're on the other side of the hill dude but you just lose that so like when yeah so it, the difference is, is when you are racing with someone who does have those, that quick instinct, those reflexes, mm-hmm. they do stuff that you see as being, um, what's the word, like not uh, not thought out or whatever. Right. But to them, it's it's they just process it so quick that they're just gonna go. Yeah. To you, you know, it's there's a little bit of a lag, and you just don't expect it. You can't right. react to it as fast. That's I think that's where the the possibly yeah. And I could see like how people complain. It seems like like especially older guys nonstop complain about junior riders. Sometimes that's like completely warranted. But a lot of times I find that junior riders are they're not they're involved in the in a crash but they aren't crashing if that makes sense they'll do something that's like to your point like they'll like shoot a gap and when things are moving slower in your brain there's like nothing wrong with that Mm -hmm. but then for somebody that's like not processing things as quickly and it could it's not even like age dependent it could just be like you don't have the same reflexes and i will say i a, a lot of juniors do um they don't think about their actions. Oh too. yeah, that too. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. I would say it's more of like the eighteen plus. Sure. You know, once you have like two years of experience, you kind of figure it out. But like those like sixteen, really fast sixteen year olds are the ones that kind of take those dive bombs where they go straight into a corner, but don't realize that they have to turn. Yeah, I guess I'm not really talking about those kids. I'm okay. kind of talking about sure, just sure, like sure. your young adults. We'll, we'll you call know? it the eighteen to twenty four. Sure. Yeah, where you're like you're still kind of a kid. And you just got like those like those like you know reflexes are like a little sharper, mm-hmm. um, where you don't think like what you did is like wrong or what or like it just yeah. like moves slow enough. But like somebody that's watching you could also be like, wow, that was super dangerous. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm almost getting to the point where I'm like, wow, that was super dangerous. <laughs> you know, get old. 
All right, well, we are hitting our time. We're going to try to keep these to like 32 minutes now. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right, where can they find us? You can find us on all the social media channels. Most of our updates are going to be on Facebook, but you know, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter. If you got any questions for the podcast, you can find us on all those channels. Anything relevant. If you got opinions about e-bikes or disc brakes, we don't want to hear them. Let us know, (laughs) and we will read them off here. We'll read them off. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to... If you you got a hot good, debate good topic, let us know. Challenge us. Challenge us. I want to see. I want to. I see don't some, think we're wrong, but I, challenge us. I want to see some testy comments, and then we'll we'll you know we'll go back and forth. All right, Ryan. Well, is all that right. all we got this week? Yeah. Uh, go Sounds check good. us out on YouTube. Uh, if you are watching this, you can clearly see we are on YouTube. Uh, check. You can subscribe to us there. We'll post these up to Facebook. We haven't posted these up yet, um, for a few reasons. Uh, we're kind trying of figuring to figuring it out, it out. A bit, yeah. Uh, but yeah. also, too, I wanted to get kind of a base. Oh yeah, that makes sense. So um, I think we're episodes, so right? yeah. Now I think I'm gonna start uploading them. I'm gonna wait till uh, I get the the video figured out before I upload the audio. Nice. So it might be like a day or two, but check us out. I'll upload that to Facebook at Bike Race Weekly. We are on YouTube at Bike Racing Weekly. Uh, we are the same at Instagram and Twitter. You can find us there, and you can find us at. All your favorite podcasting apps. All right, till next time. See you, everybody.